West Virginia Commonplace presents WrestleFest. This is an episode where I got together with a bunch of podcasters, got their opinion on wrestling, because wrestling is something I grew up with, and it's something that everybody loves. Makes my list because Rob Van Dam was very innovative with hardcore wrestling, and he translated it over into regular wrestling uh, after the demise of ECW, and he was a world champion, and all around, you know, he shut it down and beat John Cena. He was one of the first people to really beat John Cena when it mattered. Jeff Jarrett, on the hand, other hand, is probably considered one of the greatest mid-card wrestlers, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. Um, with Jeff Jarrett, he moved mountains in a certain way. Did he have the draw of Hulk Hogan? Did he have a draw at all? That's a question that we all have to be honest about. None of us can really say yes, but none of us can really say no, because when it came to being around at the right time during the Attitude Era, during the WCW, he showed up on WCW one night, and the night night before that, or the same show, he was on Raw. Um, so one Sunday night, I believe he lost the title to China, and then he said something about slap nuts and hit a new with guitar. I think it was Buff Bagwell on Monday Night Raw. I mean, Monday Night Nitro at the very end. Next, number nine, Chris Cannon. This one is a controversial one uh, for some, but not for me. This man was innovative. They called him the innovator of offense. Uh, his characters is Mortis and WCW, and I'm not going to tie into the stuff in WWE because it is what it is, but he is recognized as a United States champion across both brands. Um, this guy, his wrestling moves, the flatliner, the things he was doing from the fireman's carry and setting up stuff. Behind the scenes, he trained a lot of people, and he was trained by the great Moolah and quite a few other people. So in respect to him, he changed the way that people chain wrestled. Um, so if you get a chance, um, definitely check him out. Number eight is Terry Funk. Terry Funk is my Ric Flair. Terry Funk is my cactus jack in this list terry funk and the funk family are world renowned but terry funk was the man if you get to see the match with him wrestling rick flair um all those years ago in the 80s you understand why terry funk is on my list and his time in ecw and his time with cactus jack you know his chainsaw charlie um he's recognized if you don't know who terry funk is then definitely check him out he was one of those ones him and dory you know they were amazing Number seven on my list, uh, Chris Jericho. He was the first guy to hold the WWE and WCW belt at one time. Um, great mid-card wrestler, great uh, talent that can enhance anyone. He is one of those guys that you have to give him his credit because he's been everywhere and he's been a world champion. And he can play any level of the card and still make it an interesting show. A lot of people don't like to give him too much credit. Number six on my list, CM Punk. CM Punk is another one that's kind of controversial, and I'll be using controversial quite a bit in this little bit that I'm doing. CM Punk moved, moved for me because around that time, you had John Cena, you had Batista, you had these guys that were the Vince McMahon mold of wrestlers. CM Punk took the same kind of uh, technique that was AJ Styles and all these other people with Impact Wrestling and Ring of Honor, and he made Ring of Honor wrestlers um, a staple in WWE, if it were not for him being a Paul Heyman guy at this time or this and that, these guys like Daniel Bryan and or Brian Danielson and even AJ Styles and Tyler Black, which is Seth Rollins, would not be where they are now. And with that being said, you know, that's where he gets his list. Now, number five, I have a tie here. Um, one thing that you will know that's kind of recurring in this is that I am a mid-card wrestler type guy. Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect. The reason that they're tied is because they're tied together. 
Both of these guys were amazing wrestlers. Rick Rude, on one hand, was given a little bit more star power, in my opinion, than Mr. Perfect. And Mr. Perfect had injury that took him out early. He was right around 92. I think he would have been a world champion, but things happened, and he became Ric Flair's manager uh, for a little bit of time. And then he went on to WCW, and he had mild success there, but both of them always stayed good in the mid-card. Rick Rude went on to win the WCW title, but neither held the WWE title, but they both were intercontinental champions. So I think if certain things had happened a certain way, and maybe Rick Rude hadn't got injured also, um, that he would, both of these two guys would have been higher up. And the reason that they're number five is because no matter where they were, they were electrifying, both of them were entertaining on the microphone and in the ring. Um, it's just something about either one of them, you know, if you watch both of them, then you'll understand. Number four is Dusty Rhodes. Now, my story with Dusty Rhodes is very simple. Dusty Rhodes wrestled everywhere. You can even go find video of of ECW where he's on TNN Network, and he's out there, and he is doing his thing still. Same thing. Only thing that I wish would have been different in his career is WWE seen him as a joke, or Vince McMahon seen him as a joke and kind of treated him a certain way. But then later on in life, with his talent and everything else, you know, he was one of the reasons that NXT got to the level it did because of his ideas and his thoughts. But he is definitely um, a Hall of Famer. And just like I said, with Ric Flair and all the rest of them, you know, the matches that they had in NWA, the NWA is a whole other story, but uh, his NWA career, untouchable, Crockett Productions. Number three on my list is AJ Styles. AJ Styles gets number three for the simple fact that he is electrifying. Everyone likes The Rock and puts Undertaker and these other people on their list, but AJ Styles from a small stature, He's done everything you can do in wrestling. He has competed against everyone. He is one of the few in the same vein as Chris Jericho that said that he's had the matches with The Undertaker, all the way to Sting, all the way to Kenny Omega. The thing is that his body of work and the style that he wrestles is a hard style to keep up and not continuously be injured. So he gets a third spot. Number two is an interesting one to, to you guys. Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. Now, this guy has been it from his Ring of Honor days all the way up. You know, he's wrestled the best from Samoan Joe to all these other people. And to me, Seth Rollins is the future of the WWE. I know people have Roman Reigns on their list and different things like that um, that you'll hear about later. But Seth Rollins, over the last three years, has put himself in a, a place where he will not be like a Ricky Steamboat or he won't be like a Randy Savage. He'll be an echelon a little bit higher than he, not John Cena status necessarily, but he'll be on a Randy Orton type status. Um, My number one pick is Bret Hart. Bret Hart has always been my guy um, since I was little. Technical wrestler. Um, very good on the microphone um, in the later years. Uh, early on, he was mad, but he had every skill you needed in the ring, you know, when you watched him wrestle, and I'm talking about matches from the ones with Owen Hart to him and um, the British Bulldog to the later ones with uh, Chris Benoit and other people, you saw a wrestler at his best, and he made other wrestlers look good. He's the reason that I think people like Dolph Ziggler and stuff like that uh, should get more nods because they, he was a great enhancement for others, and he enhanced himself while he was wrestling people because each match he did was different. The match that he had with Undertaker or the match that he had with Mankind was way different than the match he had with Shawn Michaels. So that's my um, 
top 10 there. And I know that I admitted quite a few wrestlers in, in my list. It's kind of uh, a little absurd. Um, it's like that just because these guys, like, they made an impact on me, all of them. Um, so I'm glad to have done this list, and we will continue with the rest of the people that are um, putting out lists on this show. And I want to thank them. This is, you know, that one guy from the Uncomfortable Conversation podcast and Grown Man Logic podcast, giving the West Virginia Uncommonplace my top 10 wrestlers. Number 10, Goldberg. Number nine, Kurt Angle. Number eight, Hulk Hogan. Number seven, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, also known as Triple H. Number six, The Undertaker. Number five, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Number four, The Rock. Number three, Mick Foley, also known as Mankind. Number two, the heartbreak kid himself, Shawn Michaels. And number one, the ultimate warrior. What's up, everybody? I'm Rodis, the host of Rodis Live. Here's my wrestling list. From least to favorite wrestler. At number 10, I got Terry Gordy. Terry Gordy is the enforcer of the Freebirds that consisted of Michael Hayes and Buddy Roberts. Terry Gordy, he went out and handled that business, you know, against the Road Warriors and other factions in wrestling during that era. Number nine, Cactus Jack. You know, he was an interesting character, but um, he was a brawler, a bruiser, but he had some technical assets in his wrestling repertoire, you know, that helped him out. But he was tough, funny. He was a character, so I like him for that, you know. Number eight, Rowdy Roddy Piper. You know, I liked him because um, he talked shit, he could back it up, and um, he didn't like Hulk Hogan, so that's why I like Roddy Piper. Number seven, Michael P.S. Hayes. He was like the leader of the Freebirds. He was like a um, like a rock star shit early on and shit, so, you know, he kept up the shit. He had a little feud going with Ric Flair for a while. And um, Michael P.S. Hayes at number seven. And number six, the Canadian, Bret Hart. The best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be. Um, he was a technical wrestler. Um, he could brawl, he could be dirty. But I liked him for his technical ability and his precision in the ring. So that's why I like Bret Hart. Number five, Arn Anderson, the enforcer of the four horsemen. He was a technical wrestler, a brawler. He could take one part of your body and destroy your ass with that shit, boy. So that's why Arn Anderson, number five, on my list. Number four, the late, great. Chris Benoit. He was also a member at the four of the Four Horsemen at one time. Um, a good technical wrestler. 
excellent moves, excellent finishing moves. So, yeah, I got Chris Benoit on my shit. Number three, Barry Wendell. He come from a, a lineage of wrestlers. I think Black Jack Mulligan was his dad. I really like his um, finishing move, the flying lariat. Barry Wendell was like 6'5 and shit, you know. Um, he a suplex show ass. He had some moves and shit. He was also a member of the Four Horsemen at one time, but, um, you know, that's why I'm rocking with Barry Wendell. Number two. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Um, I always liked them. I liked the skews with Randy Savage, but most importantly, I liked the skews with Ric Flair. He actually beat, beat Ric Flair for the title at least three times. Yeah. And number one on my list. Woo! Representing the Four Horsemen. Rick. The Nature Boy Flair. The best limousine riding, jet plane flying, styling and profiling. Yeah, I like Ric Flair. He talked that shit. Um, when they put a hit out on wrestlers, they went and fucked them up. And then, like, when Ric Flair, you know, was wrestling head up, he could handle that business and back that shit up. Um... Yeah, so Ric Flair, he my favorite of all time. You know, uh, that's it. I hope y'all like my list. I'm Riders of the Riders Live podcast. Peace, everybody. Hey, what's poppin', Ken, folks? It's Ken with you back again with another episode of Kenfluence. Well, not necessarily an episode of Canfluence because it's not really my show or an episode of my show. But, you know, helping out JR on West Virginia Uncommonplace with a wrestling episode. What are we doing right now? My top 10. So, Canfluence, I'm Ken. I'm going to hit you with my top 10. We're going to jump right into it. I got the recession mic on right now, so please forgive me if it sounds like shit. But again, this is my recession mic. We getting through it. Amen? Okay, so y'all follow me. First, number one. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Okay, that's where we starting off. We starting off hot and heavy. The North Carolina in me cannot say wrestling without it being synonymous with Mr. Ric Flair himself. A Charlotte, North Carolina original. Okay? So every time we doing uh, Jody's or running cadences right in the military back in uh, North Carolina, we had to do two claps and a Ric Flair. Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Woo! Man, iconic. Came out with the Aerosmith fit on. Man, came out with a onesie with bird feathers on it. Man, came out looking like Elvis Presley. Man, came out looking crazy. He had the beach blonde hair, but he was wilding, man. He was wily like the coyote. He was killing them. He was doing shit on the ropes. Rope the dope. He was slick with it, man. He had his boys with him. Ric Flair was all flair, all drip, man. Came out with the onesie and was killing mugs. Came out with the deep-ass V, man. Came out like Elvis. Went out like Elvis, too, because he had the fat stomach at the certain point, but he was still doing the, you know what I'm saying, still doing the onesies, still doing the uh, little leotard shit, man, still doing the body suits, snap-in-the-middle type shit. Girls, y'all know what I'm talking about. Number two on the list, 
Can you smell what The Rock is cooking? Can you smell what Dwayne The Rock Johnson is cooking? That man was cooking him. Thing I love about The Rock, was he a great wrestler? I don't know, I guess. Like, I kind of remember The Rock wrestling, but what was so iconic about The Rock for me, what makes him my number two, was he was always shooting his shot. And that's what I always appreciate, man, about man. When it came to him talking shit, I never believed him, not really. He just said shit that just didn't feel believable to me, but he would look at the camera and he'd look at you through the camera like, I'm trying out something different today. He would tell a little dirty joke or some shit and he'd look at the camera, I'm trying something different today. And I would just love the confidence and the ability to lean into trying some different shit today. And how can you talk about The Rock without tell, talking about him just shooting his shot at everything? We're talking about football. We're talking about wrestling. We're talking about acting. We're talking about Meg Thee Stallion. Yes, this man was over here doing uh, BDSM fantasies with this girl for no reason at all. I'll be your dog. What? <laughs> Again, shooting his shot regardless of the cause. And I love seeing that. That's amazing. Number three on the list. Fat ass Rashiki, man. Y'all remember Rashiki? Big fat ass dude. He had no superpowers or no super talents. He just fat. And he just throw his fat around on people. He just be <laughs> I ain't even gonna be able to get through this one. He just throw his stomach into people. <laughs> they bounce off like a cow like a cartoon. And he would just sit on them with his fat ass. Like mad disrespectful. Like his fat ass. Y'all, if you have never seen this man, <laughs> if you've never seen this man before he was so fat that like his action figure has cellulite on it like i wish that was a joke that i just wrote just now but for real though i had the action figure Rashiki has cellulite bro this is no cap on his fucking action figure he would sit his ass this big fat man this big fat man wearing some of your mother's panties you know what i'm talking about Y'all, y'all didn't change your mother's uh <laughs> clothes from the dryer or from the washing machine to the dryer. You see them, them big old drawers. Look, man, <laughs> he got the big old <laughs> Walmart mother panties on, a black G-string. And he just be <laughs> sitting his fat ass on people's faces, man. Disrespectful. But what you going to do? He fat as shit. He's fat as shit. There's nothing you can do, bro. You just got to sit there, suffocate, and make your way through it. Try to <clears throat> Try to get yourself some air. But man, it was stupid funny to me. I enjoyed it. Number four on my list. LT Gray. Y'all remember LT Gray? That was a Nicktoon. That was a Nicktoon, man. LT Gray. He was um his name was Manny Rivera, I'm pretty sure. And his backstory was um his dad was a good guy wrestler. He was like a superhero. I don't know what his superhero was, like his superhero talents was, but they was kind of dope. But uh his grandpa. So his dad's dad was a super villain. And they were like, is Manny going to be a super villain or is he going to be a superhero? But Manny, man, he was like, you know, and all of them wrestlers and shit, right? So he's got his little wrestling mask on. He's going through town and he's trying to figure out who am I? And isn't that all of us? Do I choose violence today or nah? Am I trying to be a good person today or nah? Am I trying to give out? cupcakes today maybe to the homeless maybe to somebody who deserves them or am i trying to get me some cupcakes today how if you hear me you probably do okay you understand all right that's all i really got to say about uh lt Gary. it was a good little classic morning show to watch when i ain't had shit to do 
come on Saturday morning. I'd be sleepy-eyed and shit, pull out my little phone, see what little little middle school shorties, see what they are. Probably nothing, you know. They probably, I'm going to the mall with my mom. I'd be like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's dope. I'm probably finna um, play a video game or something, go outside, shoot some b-ball, you know, using, using dumbass language like that. But El Tigre would be on in the background, and shit, he a wrestler, so we gonna add him to the list. Speaking of, we gonna add him to the list. We on the number five. Nacho Libre. Nacho Libre played by Jack Black, man. Come on. Nacho Libre, he made it okay for chubby kids to be chubby back in the day. Nobody was really, you know, feeling the chubby dude back then. But, like, back back then, Nacho, y'all don't understand how Nacho Libre just changed the, tra- the trajectory amongst lives. For real. People was really... <laughs> People was gassing themselves. They were like, man, I kind of look like, you know, like Nacho Libre. Like, he had, like, the little little punchlines and shit like that. He was kind of cool on the low. He was a different type of cool, but, like, he was a smooth little operator. You know what I'm saying? He did it for the orphans. He did it for the orphans. He was over there trying to raise money and shit like that. He was a real one. That's really all I got to say about that. That, and I love Jack Black. How do you not love Jack Black? If you have an option to put Jack Black into anything, why would you not? You whack for that. Literally. All right, number six. Dewan O'Neal, bro. I'm going to throw Dewan in there, okay? I'm going to throw Dewan in there because I don't know no wrestlers personally. <laughs> I don't personally know no wrestlers, all right? But I'll throw in Dewan strictly off the fact that he be wrestling. Bro, be wrestling. So how do I not throw in Dewan O'Neal uh, from Grown Man Logic? into the game so bruh you know shout out i ain't never seen you wrestle but i'm sure you're good i I don't think you can have a podcast and be like i wrestle and then like not be kind of good at it because i feel like that would give other people like opportunity to get on your lives and be like but you trash at wrestling and then it's a whole beef and then you have to go beat their ass and shit like that and that would be unfortunate for somebody right so my thing is solely off the strength of the confidence of like being like i do both right, and intersecting those worlds, you got to be kind of good, so I know you got to shout out to homie, hey, bruh, salute, y'all go check out Dewan O'Neal, bruh, be wrestling, number seven, Hulk Hogan, is Hulk Hogan under Dewan O'Neal, on this list he is, is this list in any particular order, now that I just said Hulk Hogan under Dewan O'Neal, hey, man, that's up to your own interpretation, but (laughs) Hulk Hogan, Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Country dudes uh, wouldn't be saying brother the way they say brother if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan. We wouldn't get that borderline racist but trying to be empathetic brother if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and the handlebar mustache. Again, when we talk about icons, how are you not going to bring up the iconicness of these of this red drawers wearing <laughs> head headband, headscarf wearing, beach blonde while you blind, what, I was about to say while you blonding, he's balding while he's blonding, he's blonding while he's balding, he got the Stevie Wonder hairline, but nobody's gonna say nothing about it, he, him and Stevie Wonder got the same barber, but nobody says anything about Hulk Hogan, because I guess his scalp and his hair is starting to match the same tone, I guess, and that, and it's mad see-through, but Hulk Hogan was giving it the mugs back in the day, man. Hulk Hogan, y'all got to understand, he used to be the LeBron James 
of the WWE games, if you just pick Hulk Hogan, you're going to do pretty good, even if you don't know what you play. If you don't know what you play, if you don't know how to match the buttons and how the combos work and how to grapple and how to grab somebody's face and put them in the rope and do the rope de dope and do the match. If you don't got to know nothing to play with Hulk Hogan, but on the other end of that, if you got Hulk Hogan playing against you, they're like Hulk Hogan's the CPU, you getting your ass beat. Okay, I'm sorry. If you use some random mugs you ain't really never heard of, you a creative player, God help you. You just created a player on WWE. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, if you on Smack on SmackDown, you don't know who you are yet. You are you still getting your stats together. You still grinding and you gotta go against Hulk Hogan. Goodness. Goodness. I'm I'm sorry, brother. Brother. Um, who else we got in here? Number eight. Got to say, dun 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 John Cena, John Cena, a living legend, an icon. Was he in the military? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he spent a day in the military. But um, he's always got the camo on, always doing USAA commercials for some reason, always got the dad hat on. And he gave us the X, man. He gave us, first of all, he gave us the face thing. He gave us the face, uh, you can't see me because I'm John Cena, bro. You can't see me. You can't see me. And he also gave us a little inappropriate X shit that you would, you know, you put an X over your crotch and you kind of like thrust the air a little bit, throw a little too much hip in it sometimes, but you make that X. I'm doing it right now. I'm literally standing up doing the X shit, if you could just imagine. But it's kind of like, <laughs> you know how like you cross your arms when like you kind of hitting it from the back and like you will, <laughs> like you do the twister shit. You take your, what is it? You take your left hand, put it on the right cheek or right hip, however you choose to do it. And then you take your right hand, and you put it on the left cheek or right hip, and then you kind of, uh, 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 uh. well, that's what John Cena was doing. And us little boys in school, we'd be in elementary school, middle school, just, uh, 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 uh. and our teacher would be like, what are you doing? How many write-ups has John Cena created? How many written citations and planners? How many kids have gotten sent home, kicked off the bus for John Cena? He's a living legend. He's a he's a wrestling all-star. I love to see it. Okay? This is where the list gets weird, bro. This is literally where the list gets weird. Nine and ten. Number nine. I'm going to say number nine. Y'all going to be like, this motherfucker has never watched wrestling before a day in his life, has he? I could kind of tell he watched a whole lot of wrestling back in the day. He kind of good at bullshitting. He's good at talking. But number nine, you're going to be like, really? All right. Hear me out, though. Hear me out, though. Okay, y'all ready? Okay, you bracing yourself? Are you bracing yourself? Number nine on my wrestling list for all, all ten of them, right? All ten people, my top ten of all wrestlers ever for me. DMX on Def Jam Vendetta. Listen to me. Listen to me. Please, don't cut this off. Don't cut this off. DMX, please stop. Put, put it down. Put it down. Put it down. Stop putting in your code. Stop trying to get your face to scan on the phone so you can turn this shit off. Stop that. Put it down. Put it down. It's okay. It's okay. Calm down. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. In through your nose. Out through your mouth. In through your nose. And out through your mouth. Okay. Now, DMX on Def Jam Vendetta. He was wrestling. Therefore, in that capacity, that makes him a wrestler. I don't really got to say much else, but it was a PS2 game. 
he was kind of blocky looking. They had some dumb sounds for him. I'm not sure if that was actually DMX or not. If it was, God bless, because the voice acting didn't sound like it was there. You know how, like, you watch a BET movie on BET? Well, I'm just going to say a cultural movie, quote unquote. You know what I'm talking about, Baby Boy and the Like. You watching a Baby Boy and the Like type movie on BET on cable and something gets dubbed over. And you're like, I don't think that's what they said right there. I'm pretty sure they said motherfucker instead of man. <laughs> that was a little too long of a word and had a lot more after that mm sound than man. Like you had some other syllables in there that I would assume would probably rhyme with motherfucker if I let those come out. But yeah, DMX's voice acting, if it was him, in fact, and not just some random trying to be, I don't know, that was a little off. But DMX had moves, he had combos, and just anytime DMX in anything, just like with uh, Jack Black. If I got to put Jack Black in, I got to put DMX in. Don't hold me. And then number 10, I'm going to go with, because uh, it, it's 10, right? Okay, it's 10. All right, shit. We really scraping the barrel here. Um, I thought we were scraping it with DMX. Okay, 10 wrestlers. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. We didn't say Dewan. Okay, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, Dewan. Hulk Hogan. We didn't put Rashiki in there. Number 10 is going to be um King. You know, Jaguar Face Man from Tekken. I don't know what his backstory is, but it's something about orphans much like Nacho Libre. I'm pretty sure. He is something to do with orphans. And he do it for his people and shit like that. And he got the Jaguar face helmet type shit. It doesn't look like it's easy to breathe through. So his cardio got to go stupid for that, right? I run marathons. I'm a run coach. Um, And really, I can have the wrong shirt on. And I feel like I can't breathe through my mouth and nose the right way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if it's not the right type of dry fit, my mouth and nose, I'd be like, I'm not taking in oxygen as I should, and I'm not expelling CO2 as I should either. So, um, this is this is difficult. But he has a whole Jaguar face mask on. And when I say Jaguar face mask, I mean, like, it looked like he literally slit the throat of that uh Jaguar on Tarzan. You remember how Tarzan opened up? Dun, 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 air. Two worlds, one family. And then that little jaguar come out and it try to kill Tarzan, ape mama, and, you know, it doesn't, and they get away, and then, you know, Tarzan grows up, and then the little jaguar come back, and it's like, Rawr! and then Tarzan got a little spear shit, and he, like, stab them, but they fall in a hole, and then all the apes looking, they're like, oh, shit, Tarzan's dead. We didn't like him like that, but, I mean, we didn't want him to die, but then he comes out of the hole with the little jaguar over his body, but it's, like, limp and lifeless, and he does, like, the little iconic uh, Tarzan yell and shit like that. It looks like that motherfucker's face. That was a lot to say, just to say it's a jaguar face helmet, but that's... I felt like the backstory was necessary and um, we pad and run time. Nah, I'm playing. Um, but that's all I got, man. That's <laughs> I've been Ken. My show is Ken Fluence. Check me out on Instagram. That's K-E-N underscore F-L-U dot E-N-C-E. Again, that's K-E-N underscore F-L-U dot E-N-C-E. Uh, you can follow me on wherever, man. Just put in Ken Fluence and I'll pop up um shoot me a dm shoot me a follow and um yeah man 
Follow me on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Just put in Kimfluence and my show pops up. We talk about all kinds of things, man. We talk about culture, society. We talk about um, running and fitness. I'm a run coach. Um, I bring in some DOD things and some military culture from time to time. Um, I'm an officer in the Air Force. I got a lot of things going on, man. So come check me out. Uh, again, that's Ken Fluence. I've been Ken. I'm out. Woo! everyone this is unhinged absurdity here my name is jared we got jeff over here hey guys so shout out to jr from west virginia uncommon place for asking us to do our top 10 wrestler list so the way we're gonna do it is we're gonna just say each other's respective rankings yep and then we're gonna go back and forth about it see yep. what goes on yep i would like to give an honorable mention to cody rhodes with one titty got uh, a five-star match literally the most like newsworthy thing the wrestling's done in fucking years Yep. And honestly, you know, but that kind of gives away my number 10. My t- number 10 is Cody Rhodes. There's no AEW without him. And also, he solved racism with one promo. That's true. He <laughs> brought liberty to America. <laughs> <laughs> and what's better than that? I, I don't understand how he turned a very, very basic feud into trying to solve racism. Against and the guy a was guy. a black guy that was from the UK. I'm just saying, name a more iconic promo in the last 15 years. Uh, I, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. That's the only <laughs> one that that's the one that comes to my brain every single time I think of wrestling promos in the last three years. Exactly. Beautiful. So who's your number? Uh, number 10. My number 10 is Kevin Owens. Number 10, Kevin Owens. Number one at the buffet line. Yeah, number one at the buffet line. Uh, like number six in your heart, number ten in mine. Number three on the leaderboard at, board at the Golden Golf <laughs> Machine at his local bar. Yeah, he looks like the kind of guy that when he retires from wrestling, he's going to be sitting at a TGI Friday's bar bragging about when he was a wrestler. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's gonna. Well, I would say he's a little bit fancier because right now I can tell you, as someone who grows up in Northwood, Kentucky, that's Chris Harris level. <laughs> that's what Chris Harris does right now. No. Okay. Well, well, okay. Chris. No, Chris Harris goes to a bar and does it. He's gonna go to a TGI Fridays and eat wings. Okay. He won't drink. He'll drink. No, he's gonna drink an excessive amount of Dr Pepper. Okay. Okay. So he's not gonna get plastered and then get. No, dry. no. He's just gonna eat wings and drink pop and tell everybody how great it was being a wrestler. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of alcoholics, I have Chris Jericho at number nine. Okay. But if we were ranking the number one, like most likely to storm the Capitol wrestlers, I would put him at number Chris one. Chris Jericho is at number one. Yeah. It's also because he could be a closeted gay. I. He's not a. Maybe a little bit too much of the bubby, bubbly. He might get a little gay, but I don't know. And also, this Chris Jericho does not include the juggalo gimmick that he does in New Japan or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> I thought it was MCR. Oh, what? I thought it was like slit my wrist and black my eyes type. Gimmick. No, I, it was straight up fucking down the clown. <laughs> that's, that's what that makeup says. Well, my number nine is Brock Lesnar. That's a good number nine. You tell, you can tell that guy, that man used to love Vicodin and love vodka, and now all he loves is killing fucking animals. The motherfucker moved to Canada. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, that motherfucker could choke a moose out with his fucking tits. Yeah, he is the he is literally the the next evolution of our species. When oh, yeah. we're dead, everybody's gonna be fucking Brock Lesnar. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, fucking because they want to, or he's because he wants to. Because he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Which is it's ironic because I have Brock Lesnar at number eight. 
So okay. we're actually pretty close there. I think that's the only thing we're close on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our list, we, I, yeah, our list definitely took us some little side. Yeah, we've been, we ranked it on a bunch of different things. I put, like, based it on, like, influence and, like, top ten all time of, like, biggest draws, biggest influence. And the only reason Cody's on here is because this number two company was built because of him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if this was last year, Cody wouldn't be on there because you fucking hated him. Well, I did fucking hate him. <laughs> I do love his wife, though. Or do you bitches think it's open mic night? Oh, my God. I hate that. Nope, nope. Okay, so number eight for me is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, He okay. took his ball and went home. That's true. The same year, he also hit his wife. But Okay, we're not counting crimes in here. Otherwise, that my, like most of my top ten list would not be on here. The motherfucker has flaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hit Deborah. Oh my god. Yeah. Drink anyway. one beer. <laughs> but he. But no, But nowadays, like, I'm glad to say I saw his last match as an adult. But uh, I'm glad he didn't take his shirt off because I bet he looked like a melted block of cream cheese. Couldn't be worse than Ric Flair. Ric Flair wore a shirt in his last match. Uh, that's true. That's true. But he. And he dehydrated himself twice because he drank six beers before it. God fucking damn it. Of course he did. He unplugged his... Okay, okay. He unplugged his pacemaker for this. Uh, God. Uh, number seven for me is uh, Shawn Michaels. And I am talking like Playgirl era Shawn Michaels. The type that will do a line of coke before a match and then go take a fucking photo shoot to show his piece <laughs> in a magazine for 50 bucks. Shawn Michaels is on my list, but that is later on. Um but I agree. It's it's the 1997 Shawn Michaels. It was prick Shawn Michaels. It was before he found God. Yeah, no, it's the one that everyone just fucking hated. <laughs> That's the one. Um, my number seven is Bobby Lashley. Interesting. Bobby, because La- that like I see the first time I ever saw, I was ten years old when he came out when he debuted for the first time, mm-hmm. and I thought this I want to be friends with this guy because he looks like he could rip the head off of anybody who walks through the room. Dude, I remember watching him fuck up Umaga as a kid, and that made me so happy. Yeah, yeah, like, that motherfucker, when he, he leaped through a cage, off, like, through the cage, and he took the cage wall down onto Umaga, I almost shit my pants at, right. at 11 years old, like, what the fuck is going on? That's a good choice. Number six is Undertaker for me. The only undead person on here. Ironic. <laughs> also, he would probably be number two of people to fucking storm the Capitol if, if I was basing it that way. Right, right, right. Well, to go in a completely different direction, my number six is Brian Danielson. Oh, he would be the first one at an Antifa rally. He would be the first one at an Antifa rally, and uh, he look, he definitely, you can tell he's definitely a vegan because he has no fucking depth to him whatsoever. <laughs> no, no, he... Dude, honestly, it's kind of impressive, though, because he is fucking stacked for a fucking vegan. He has bigger tits than his wife. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of tits, and we just talked about him, I have Ric Flair uh, as number five. Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm talking about Ric Flair with his dick in his pants. I do not want his meat out on an airplane. You do not want him helicoptering his penis to a stewardess. Yeah, so uh, for, I think that might have been the first one on my list that was a convicted felon at any point in his life, or should have been, I should say. Well, another weird direction for me, at my number five is CM Punk. Um, for a man who let bitterness control his entire life, um, that made him look like he does drugs with the irony of being straight edge. Yeah, no, you would think someone who is straight edge would have fucking aged gracefully, but honestly, he looks like Ric Flair right. now. Okay. And that's with, like, yeah. 50 years of doing drugs and drinking. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> His is just bitterness. Yeah. Number four is John Cena. The only man on this list I'd probably let 
make love to me because I feel like I feel be like nice. he would be phenomenal at. It. I feel like he would. I feel like he would like bring you a dessert afterwards. Oh, dude, he would. He would lay you down, and be like Jeffrey. I do. I would like to ask for your consent to engage in sexual intercourse, and you will definitely say yes. And then he's like, okay. I'm going to go land now and then start eating you out for half an hour. <laughs> I prepared a cream belay for after coitus. Oh man, we keep going in very weird directions here. My number four is Rob Van Dam. That pot smoking hippie fucking high flyer. Dude, he looks, I, I, I say this, he'd be number one on my list. If he was, if we were ranking wrestlers, I'm most likely to be the, the racist, mildly racist stoner uncle at the barbecue. It makes sense. It makes sense. I can see. I can see what you're saying, but he also. I have. I just watched his documentary. Yeah. And I there. I didn't know half the shit about him that I did now. Huh. And he was always my favorite as a kid. He was my favorite as a kid. Favorite in the video game. So I had. A, a, dude, Rob Van Dam was up there for me. Fair. Fair. Um, how much Sublime do you think Rob Van Dam listens to? Dude, he probably he probably been backstage at at least fifteen Sublime concerts. <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, number three for me is The Rock, and that's before he made shitty tequila. <laughs> Wait, I, I, I've never had his tequila. It's not very good. Okay, okay. It's, it's not very good. No, uh, the, the Rock is, that makes sense because The Rock is literally the biggest box office draw in the world now, and wrestling is where it got him at. Yep, yep. But I would not say tits, he was man, not... those fucking, those Dude. fucking mommy milkers. I, I just want to suck on him for like five minutes. <laughs> But you know they're probably, like, hard. It feels like you're fucking chewing on a boulder. <laughs> you break your goddamn teeth. <laughs> goddamn. Um, my number three is Chris Jericho. We went over that before. Uh, David Bowie of wrestling. Closeted homosexual, possibly. <laughs> Closeted homosexual, possibly. Definite alcoholic. Loves vodka more than he loves his kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Trump and vodka is two favorite things. Uh, speaking of people whose alcohol and Trump are their favorite things, uh, it's Hulk Hogan. It's my number two. A bold, bold man, not afraid to say what he wants. And uh, Single-handedly <laughs> took down a website. <laughs> he hit Cocker with the leg drop over, right? <laughs> Piece of, honestly, like if I had to rank my favorite wrestlers, most of these people would not be on here. Because right. like they're all pieces of shit, and I hate them. That's ironic because my list is actually who I think my top ten my the top ten wrestlers are in my mind. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I kind of just went with an objective list. Um, my number two is the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Went over it before 1997, Shawn. I started watching him when he found Jesus and was a fan. Yeah. But when I got older and I was able to watch him as a younger as a, as, a, as a young adult. Prick Shawn Michaels, best fucking wrestler. All right, we need to bring... Someone get Shawn Michaels a bump of coke. We need to bring him back. <laughs> we need to bring him back to his prime. <laughs> He's like... He gets all fucking fucked up again. Anyone see my playgirl? <laughs> that poor fucking title. Bret Hart probably pissed that he had to hold that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, I think I'd rather hold a, pay, or a page women's championship up at rather than that. So, uh, we discussed this one earlier. My number one was Stone Cold. Biggest draw in wrestling history. Right, makes sense, makes sense. Uh, People still dress like him, and honestly, I can't tell if it's a cancer patient or someone dressed like Stone Cold at the time, and most of the time nowadays, it's a cancer patient, but someone, sometimes someone tricks me. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm so sorry for your diagnosis, and they're like, what? <laughs> um, again, we're going back to completely different route. My number one, AJ Styles. 
Best haircut on the list. Best haircut on the list. Super, you can definitely tell that the only thing he got from his father was his racism. His bigotry is definitely off the chain. Didn't he get caught online saying stuff about, like, fucking... Like yeah. the gay community? Yeah, yeah. He, the gay community? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> um, but Number one in our heart, just keep your views off Twitter. Yeah, just keep your views off Twitter. Number one in my heart in the ring, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks to JR for having us on. Get ready. Shout out to the great man JR for this opportunity. This is Dewan J, captain of the Cool Kids and host of the Grown Man Logic Podcast. Here are the top 10 wrestlers of all time. And here's why. Number 10, Hulk Hogan. It's undeniable the crossover factor that Hogan had on mainstream media from the movies to the new marketing Hogan had it all. Number nine, Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam Bigelow revolutionized the role of the big man in professional wrestling and allowed people like Mabel, Vader, Hugh Morris, and people like that to have thriving careers. Number eight, Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons is for the culture. The first African-American champion, NWA and WCW. And then went on to have a thriving career in the WWE. Number seven, The Undertaker. There's no better representation of character and modern day presentation and a sign of people who evolve with the times than The Undertaker. Number six, The Rock. The Rock revolutionized the promo game, the trash talking game, the flashy game. Nobody had better one-liners than The Rock. Number five, Bret Hart. Arguably the best technical wrestler of all time. He was truly the excellence of execution. And the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Number four, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold single-handedly saved the WWE. He was the biggest draw in WWE history and most certainly of the modern era. Number three, Rey Mysterio Jr. Responsible for the crossover, the cruiserweight division and a current luchador style that is being wrestled. Um, no bigger impact on that and no bigger thriving in that than Rey Mysterio Jr. Number two, Ric Flair. I mean, Come on, it's Ric Flair. Ric Flair had to go in as number two because he made it cool to be bad when he ushered in the horsemen, the promo game, the trash talk game. He made it cool to be fly. And number one, best overall packaging, etc. the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. When it came to timing, selling, charisma, character development, made it cool to be a rock star and made everybody he stepped in the ring look 100 times better has to go to the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels list is not up for debate but i'm willing to this is your boy captain of the cool kids dewan j and that is the top 10 wrestlers of all time
All right, Captain Sparrow, this is Mr. Cack of the Mr. Cack and Me podcast, and I am giving you my top 10 wrestlers, uh, my favorites. And I'm going to start the list off by going ahead and just ruining the 10 format. So my number 10 is Roman Reigns slash Seth Rollins. Uh, If you would have asked me this question two years ago, it would have just probably been Seth Rollins because I didn't really feel Roman's character. Now as the tribal chief, now as the head of the table, the bloodline, I know for some people it's starting to feel stale or whatever. I love him. I think he has matured into one of the best heels, let's just say, of this past decade uh, because you don't want to jump the gun and say anything too soon. Uh, So as I say that, let me move up and continue to name names. Number nine, Undertaker. Now, this probably upsets some wrestling nerds, and I, I you know, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but for me, Undertaker does have a wealth. I mean, honestly, my top ten, I love wrestling, so my top ten's everywhere. Uh, and as long as you're in my top ten, I absolutely love your character and your contribution. But Undertaker, as soon as you hear that gong hit, you have, if you're a wrestling fan, and maybe even some casual fans, just an already pictured moment or just a visual that comes to mind as soon as the lights go out and you hear that gong. Uh, that's iconic. Macho Man. Macho Man is more of a of, of a of a nostalgia when I was younger playing wrestling at the house with siblings or friends or wrestling on the trampoline. Macho Man was a go-to. The, the elbow drop was a super easy thing to mimic. And, and honestly, if we're just being real, uh, Macho Man is probably one of my most overused... Uh, if I was doing any kind of impression going to Macho Man. I've been doing that since I was like seven, so uh, love me some Macho Man. Number seven is John Cena. That's right. Uh, the the hustle, loyalty, and, and respect boy is coming in right there at number seven. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of John. Honestly, if John's character had resonated with me more in a younger point in my life, I probably would have had John higher up. The later stage, more mature, while still being kind of biting on the mic, I've really appreciated late game John Cena a lot. Uh, Before he became a full part-timer, but when he was approaching upon that, that was some good John Cena right there. The fact that he took the pin uh, against CM Punk in Chicago for that historic cap-off to that rivalry was also great. Number six, Kurt Angle. He wrestled with a bro, or he uh, he won an Olympic gold with a broken freaking neck, and I can appreciate that. And honestly, Kurt Angle was a character that I just really loved. He was annoying when he was supposed to be annoying. He was goofy, and the fact that he embraced the "you suck" chant that a- accompanied his uh, entrance music made him so endearing to me because like that guy gets it right. That guy gets what he's doing. He knows he's there. Uh, for entertainment, and I can appreciate that. Number five is Goldberg, and honestly, and a lot of reasons why The Undertaker, but honest, so in the same way that Undertaker, you hear the gong, you get a visual, Goldberg, you you hear the people chanting, you see someone knocking, you see the state trooper knocking on the door, you see him doing the walkout. It was just so new of a concept to me when I was a young kid watching wrestling in the 90s that it just, it just seemed awe-inspiring, and, and while... This ranking isn't indicative of how I feel about current Goldberg, or maybe even the last 10 years Goldberg. The old Goldberg that I remember, that I played as, you know, the character in video games, the the doing the spear, the the pretending that you're doing your own Goldberg walkout. I mean, that's just a, that's a big nostalgia push there. That's why he got booted up as high as he did in my list. Number four is Sting. 
the icon, and I mean, if you were a wrestling fan, young and impressionable in the '90s, living during the the Raw versus Monday Night Nitro, Monday Night Wars, Sting and his evolution from Surfer Boy Sting to Black and White The Crow Sting. All of it was great. He didn't talk, yet he was so over with me. Uh, and that translated into, you know, marketing. You wanted to be part of Sting. You want to get Sting merch. Uh, and then in the video games, my favorite video game of any wrestling brand is WCW NWO uh, Revenge for the Nintendo 64. And playing as Sting as that, doing his taunts and stuff like that, and hitting people with a baseball bat that you just kind of pull out of nowhere. Love it. Love it all. Uh, number three, The Rock, and that's just because once he eventually became The Rock, you got a amazing promo machine, and he had what I, you know, hold dear as a young wrestling fan at the time, and that's memorable moves. The People's Elbow, uh, the Rock Bottom, both of those were easy to emulate as a kid, so yeah, you just kind of fall in love with The Rock, but I mean, his promo cutting skills just got better for me because I kind of grew up with them. So it was like, okay, I I may have just enjoyed it because it seemed funny and I kind of understood what he's saying. But as I got older, I was like, all right, I definitely understand what he's saying. And it's still pretty funny. Uh, Number two is the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is honestly probably for the longest time before my number one appeared in the scene, was my favorite wrestler. I loved everything to do with him. He was cocky. He came out to that dumb song that just gets stuck in your head about being a sexy boy, and then he just kick you in the face. Uh, he threw his tag partner through through a window in the uh, in the barber shop. So, like, just all of these things. He was part of the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, he's, he's still part of WWE. His send-off match where... I mean, the build, the build between him and The Undertaker for HBK's eventual retirement, you know, until he came back or whatever, like, that was so good. That moment where he, he, you know, he wanted to beat The Undertaker because he was just kind of cocky and just wanted to do it or whatever. He lost. He kind of, you know, went back to DX and everything. And then you see at that uh, Slammy's award presentation, he wins for his match the previous year with Undertaker, and, and he just kind of gets upset about it, and you could see that it's eating at him, and then he goes on this quest to to want to fight The Undertaker again, and The Undertaker says no. Uh, he goes through a, a whole storyline of finding ways to try to, to either pester the big man into letting him into another match with him, or going through like the Royal Rumble, or, or any of those other uh, pay-per-views to kind of earn it, and like that was probably one of the storylines that I've loved the most over the years, but my number one is Stone Cold Steve Austin, as as a, you know, red-blooded American lad that grew up in the 90s, uh, Stone Cold was the end-all, be-all of wrestling as far as I'm concerned. He was the the attitude that I needed, right? He gave me the notion that, okay, you can just talk crap and drink beer, and then if someone upsets you, you kick them in the gut, and then you uh, break their neck. So I, I have loved Stone Cold. I loved his promos. I, I loved the way his character was portrayed. Uh, and honestly, a lot of that has to do with Vince McMahon's character. But still, uh, Stone Cold, if Stone Cold hadn't been so, I guess, if he hadn't just felt so connected 
to the character that he was portraying. This could have been a bad one, but Stone Cold, just something about it always resonated with me. I was always a Stone Cold fan. I was always giving stunners to pretty much anyone that I could anytime wrestling was involved or pillows or, you know, imaginary people. Uh, if I played WWE games, I'd go for him. Honestly, if I played WWC games, W, if I played WCW games, I would make a custom character and I would use DDP's Diamond Cutter just so that way I could have a Stone Cold-like character in the WCW-verse. So Stone Cold, probably just because I had the Austin 316 stuff, I saw the I saw the King of the Ring where he won and said that, and just everything about him was so fascinating to me. Hitting people, and, you know, hitting his boss in the head with a bedpan, uh, throwing titles out into the river, just everything, the, the the beer truck, then getting hosed down with the, you know, just everything. Everything about Stone Cold, I love. So this was my list of 10. Uh, I can't wait to hear this episode and hear what others have to say and just to see how wrong I am in having my own personal 10 slash 11 list. All right, good luck. What's going on, people? It's your boy, King Germ, a.k.a. the People's Champion, a.k.a. the most electrifying motherfucker in podcasting today, here sitting down with my man, JR, at West Virginia Uncommonplace, giving you my top 10 wrestlers of all time. Now, when I give you my top 10, I'm not going to do them in a numerical order. I'm going to give you my top 10 wrestlers, and I'm going to tell you why they're my top 10 wrestlers. So let's go ahead and get into this list right now. First on the list, not number one, but just first on the list, we got Sting. Sting was my guy. And I'm talking about California surface Sting. Sting with the colorful paint. Sting that could jump across the ring when he did the little the, uh, the Stinger Splash. The Scorpion Deathlock. You know what it is. Oh! Sting in the building, man. Sting got to be in your top ten because Sting was the man. He was actually like one of the first wrestlers who I actually, one of the first times I got to sit like um, ringside at a match and actually, he hit my hand, and I was so excited. I probably was in my third or fourth grade then. So, shout out to Sting. He's one of my favorite top ten wrestlers. Uh, number two on the list. Not number two, but just my second on the list. We got Big Van Vader. Now, listen. Big Van Vader is one of the most underrated wrestlers of all time. First thing about Big Van Vader, he's from Compton, California. Second thing about Big Van Vader, he wore a do-rag for no fucking reason. Third thing about Big Big Van Vader, he was a big man that could move. He was a fucking champion across in Japan. He came here and dominated Big Van Vader. You got to have him on your list. Rest in peace to Big Van Vader. Next up, can't have a list without the Nature Boy. Rick fucking Flair. I mean, come on, man. There's nothing you need to say about Rick Flair. He was the man that everybody wanted to be with and every girl wanted to sleep with. He had the best quotables he had the best interviews he had the style the first time i saw him i mean i saw his hair it looked like white flames man you gotta love rick flair you can't have a top 10 without the nature boy Woo! on the list next up we got Shawn michaels the heartbreak kid now i know a lot of people like man you got Shawn michaels on your list yes I got Shawn Michaels on my list. Why? Because Shawn Michaels was the man. I mean, not only was he one of the great performers in wrestling, he just had that little aura about him, man. He was just like the perfect, like, 
heel, good guy, bad guy, and Shawn Michaels was the man. That sweet chain music, one of the best moves in wrestling. Next up, we got Triple H. You can't have Shawn Michaels without Triple H. Now, Triple H, the fucking game, he's on my list because of what he, the matches he put on, the sledgehammer. I mean, Triple H was one of the great performers. Him and Shawn Michaels being uh, DX was fucking amazing. Uh, was dope. I, I love Triple H. Nothing. I mean, now he's still in the business. I think he's still re- helping run the company and all that stuff. He married a fucking boss's daughter, dog. How, how greater can you get than that, man? Triple H is on my list. Next up, man, we got the American Dream. Dusty fucking Rose. You you know I was going to have Dusty on the list, man. Dusty was like that job talking, that white dude that hung around with the black boys. He had soul. Shit, he even had a black manager. What name was Sapphire? Come on, man. You got to have Big Dust on the ring. The bionic elbow. Old Virgil Runnels. Now, now him having Gold Dust kind of, you know, well, actually Gold Dust being Gold Dust made me like uh, Dusty, Dustin Rose better. But Gold Dust was a weirdo character. You know what I'm saying? Definitely ahead of his time. But shout out to Big Dust for having Dust in and making gold dust. But yeah, Dusty Rose is definitely on my list. The American Dream. He was that motherfucker. Next up on the list, we got Magnum TA. Now, a lot of y'all might not know who Magnum TA is. Magnum TA career got uh, cut short after a car accident where he was paralyzed from the... uh, the waist down, but when he was wrestling, Magnum TA was a bad boy. Now I, I was a Mac. That was my first favorite wrestler was Magnum TA. So when he got hurt, I really knew the Four Horsemen had did it, and, and it was kind of like a career cut too short because he had just won like the TV championship or the US championship, and he used to feud with Nikita Koloff and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, he was a great dude, man. So shout out to Magnum TA, man. Next up, we got Randy Macho Man Savage. See, you can't have a top 10 list without the Macho Man. You know, he was more than selling Slim Jims. He was one of the most dope wrestlers that didn't get that fair shake because it was too real for the game. And it was also rumored that he was fucking Stephanie McMahon. So listen, you can't have a top 10 without the Macho Man because he was just that dope. Like when him and uh, Hulk Hogan came together to form the superpowers, it was like two worlds collided. But, you know, when the Macho King and later on he finally got the belt, Man, it was good to see Macho Man finally get his due, but he didn't really get his due. So you got to have Macho Man on the list. Dig it! Next up, man, we got the most electrifying. The, the You got to have The Rock. The Rock was like fucking Ric Flair reincarnated, but just a black version and a white acceptable version of that guy. The Rock was... He, he he came back in a time where I wasn't watching wrestling. When The Rock came, Rock and Stone Cold, the Attitude Era came out. That's when I got back into wrestling because those guys made me, they made wrestling cool again. And so shout out to The Rock. I mean, there's nowhere. My favorite rock actually is the corporate rock, not just the people's champion. I like the corporate rock the best. That's when he used to come out there in the expensive shirts and, you know, he was an asshole and everything. And The Rock was been the champion at least seven, eight. 12 times, who knows? But The Rock definitely is on my top 10 list. And last but not least, controversial figure. Gotta have Hulk Hogan. I don't give a fuck. Say what you want. 
argue with your mama. Hulk Hogan is a part of Americana. He's a he's an icon in the wrestling game. I don't give a fuck what he did later on in his career. When I was younger, you couldn't tell me shit about Hulk Hogan. I had the vitamins. I had the Hulk Hogan uh, the uh, the weight set and everything that came with the headband and the little weights and the tape and the, the little squeezy thing. See, they don't give kids shit like that no more. We wouldn't have all these weak ass kids out here if we had the Hulkamania sets like we had when we were younger. You know, we had the little gripper used to grip and it was it was real tight, so you had to work on it. You know finally get it close you gotta break it in all that good stuff yes hulk hogan is on my list you know just for what he did the, the structure he laid hell he made it so nick uh, everybody will watch wrestling so you gotta have a hulk hogan on your list i don't care how much of a controversial figure he is hulk hogan is on my list so those were my top 10 wrestlers in no numerical order just my top 10 and a little bit why i like those guys i hope y'all enjoyed uh, I'm, I can't wait to see what the other guys got on their list because I like seeing who like what in wrestling, man. Wrestling is, a, you know, I mean, it was a great sport when we were kids. I mean, it's too PC now that we're some of the stuff that we got away with watching wrestling would never fly today. So, hope y'all enjoyed my list. Don't forget, it's your boy King Germ, aka the Duke of Dignity, aka Bill Goldberg in the bedroom, aka Hacksaw Jim Thuggin. And I'm sitting here with JR from WV Commonplace, and I'm out. Peace. Well, it's time. It's time. It's made time. Hi, this is Jared from Raid You Nerds, and here are my top 10 best wrestlers of all time. Now, how did I pick this top 10? Because there are so many ways to go about it, so I'm going to quickly explain my selection process. First, I took 50 wrestlers' names and used a grading system for all of them. They were graded on everything from physical strength to their ability to cut a good promo. The ones with the top 10 point totals made the list. In the event of a tiebreaker, I went with a total win-loss percentage. No doubt, though, at the end of the day, this list will still probably make some of you mad. So let's get to it. Number 10. Starting off our list tonight at number 10 is Edge. The rated R superstar makes the list only by one point, but let's give Edge his due because he is the only one on this list that did a lot in his career, mainly in big tag matches, with his real-life best friend Christian. Edge brought a lot of energy to the ring, and it was backed up by his physical abilities as well. He makes the list mainly because he is the most decorated superstar of all time, having won more total championships than anyone else. And while that certainly would be enough to be number one in most people's books, alas, the grading scale says otherwise. Number 9 Coming in at number 9, we have Triple H. Triple H comes in low on this list not because he was a bad wrestler, but he wasn't the greatest. He was great at cutting a promo and great at telling stories, and while he had some great matches, he just didn't have enough points on the category that mattered most on this list. Wrestling. Prior to his transformation to Triple H, pompous, arrogant Hunter Hearst Helmsley had that wrestling ability. However, had DX not emerged, who knows what would have happened. Nevertheless, he did earn a spot on the list. Number 8. The Undertaker's long-lost brother, Kane, who was burned and scarred, otherwise known as Glenn Jacobs, current mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, because in Tennessee, even counties can have mayors. Kane's a big guy, and he makes the list mainly because of his, well, bigness. He wasn't the strongest wrestler, but he was always a fan favorite, even when he was a heel, and he had big matches with big moves. This earns him a spot on the list. 
number seven. At number seven, we got The Rock. I really believe had it not been for a surgery early in his career, he may not have been the person we know today. He's a hard worker for sure, but before an injury in the late 90s, fans were chanting, die, Rocky, die at him, which led him to ultimately join the nation of domination and what really kick-started his career as the arrogant, trash-talking type. The heel that was never the heel. And for a big guy, he wasn't all power moves. He could legit wrestle. He was good at taking a fall, and even when he was a heel, he just played it so well. That earned him a spot on the list. Number six. At number six, we have Stone Cold Steve Austin. I feel like this is where I'm going to lose many of you. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rattlesnake, Austin 316, the beer-drinking, foul-mouthed Texan that basically started the Attitude Era. This guy was never supposed to be a fan favorite. He was supposed to be the ultimate heel. Only problem was the fans loved it, which is ultimately one of the things that led to Bret Hart becoming a heel. Austin was just too popular to ignore. Why he comes in so low, kind of like Triple H. Once the Attitude Era started, he became less of a wrestler and more of a brawler and crap talker. And once again, we are talking about the greatest wrestler, so some of that ability has to stay. That's why he made the list. Number five. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. Macho Man Randy Savage. Hey, next to Ric Flair and the Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage just had the most flash of his day in the wardrobe and intensity departments. He was always just so high strung, but he could bring it back down and still keep that intensity, which made him sound, well, crazy. He went through a lot of storylines, and probably a lot of other lines. Hey, it was the 80s. He was the pre-Shawn Michaels, the wrestling ability with the charisma and flash, and he wasn't afraid to go off the top rope. That earns him a spot on the list. Number four. The Undertaker. There's not very many seven-footers with the agility of Mark Calloway, which is why he's number four on our list. Kind of like The Rock, a big guy with moves that could still wrestle his opponent without relying solely on power moves. Plus, even in the early days, he was always had the crowd. I don't know if he was ever truly a heel or just the wrestler that everyone was spooked by. While most superstars still got some outside of the ring moments, you know, keeping up kayfabe, Undertaker's persona was such a secret he was rarely seen outside of the ring or in the public out of character. That is until recently when kayfabe was killed off in public. Number three, Shawn Michaels, the showstopper, the icon, the main event, the heartbreak kid. There's not much one can say about Shawn Michaels that isn't already known by everyone. This man put on some of the best matches of all time, which is largely what this list is all about. High-flying agility mixed with technical ability blended well with his sexy boy flamboyant behavior inside and outside the ring. What sets him apart from the previous crap talkers on this list is he was still able to pull it off in the ring with actual wrestling moves, and while he was absolutely a heel with Degeneration X, we were at the start of the Attitude Era, so I always felt like the fans booed because it was their job. Because I think everyone liked DX. Every fan has a match that stands out to them, one they'll never forget, a match that stands the test of time. Shawn Michaels' WWE career was full of matches like that. Ladder match at WrestleMania 10, ladder match SummerSlam 95, beating Bret Hart to win his first WWE championship in WrestleMania 12, and his continuing feud with Owen Hart, just to name a few. And that's why Shawn Michaels is number three on the list. Number two, Bret the Hitman Hart. If you asked me who to pick for number one based on no grading system or metrics and just go with my gut, 
And those of you who have listened to us talk wrestling on Rage You Nerds can back me up. Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time, and he would be number one in my book. How he ended up at number two is almost insulting to him, and it hurts me personally to have to put him there. Bret was a good guy. He was a guy who could do almost anything in the ring that was asked of him, even becoming heel later in his WWE career. What was so great about Bret Hart also were his matches, because they were just like listening to an orchestra. Everyone had a part, even if it wasn't planned at the time, and he just knew how to make a match work beautifully. And that's why Bret Hart is number two on this list, but number one in my heart. And the number one best wrestler of all time. Chris Jericho. This is a man 100% about the business, and every time he comes back, he will legit put another superstar over to help them out. He doesn't care about wins and losses. He cares about the business, and he has done it all, including win championship. He also, like me, is a professional list maker. Trained by the Hart family, nobody will doubt his technical ability, which is probably why watching the late Owen Hart is what originally got him in Stu Hart's famous dungeon. And, much like Owen, he wasn't afraid to go off the top rope, or any rope for that matter. He scores the highest on our list today because he is the total package. Agility. He's a jobber. He had the crowd, cut a damn good promo, and kept you entertained. Chris Jericho is the greatest wrestler of all time. Okay, guys, in closing, I do want to say I was as impartial with this list as I could be, and it was very hard to pick just 10 people. But again, I scored them all, and I got my top 10 without really paying attention to who they were. Then once I got them, I had to justify that, which was even harder because some of it doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, let the hate mail commence. I'm Jared from Rage You Nerds. Over and out. Real fast, I want to thank Rodis from Rodis Live, Eric from Uncomfortable Conversation, Ken from Kenfluence, Jared and Jeff from Unhinged Absurdity, Dewan from GML, Mr. Cack, Frucast, King Germ, and Jared from Rage You Nerds. These were some of the best lists that I've heard overall. An interesting listen. I hope you all enjoyed this show. Make sure you follow all these podcasts. I will definitely have those podcasts inside my show notes and all that other great stuff. Once again, thank you for listening to West Virginia Uncommonplace. And this has been WrestleFast.